You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Luke 24, let's stand together. Again, I'm honored, and um, and don't hold me against Brother Treeper. If you don't like the preaching, don't hold me against him. He's God's man. I appreciate the stand. I appreciate the position. I appreciate the perseverance under difficult times. And the example that he is to us as God's men. And I appreciate that. And I love him for it. Amen. Let me turn that microphone on. Amen. You certainly want to be on. Can I get a witness right there? Verse number 13, the Bible said, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. They talked together of all these things which had happened. It came to pass while they communed together, and they reasoned. Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleophas, Answering said unto them, I believe if you'll look, I believe this is a husband and wife. You can go to John chapter 19 and verse number 25, and it identifies that there is a Mary, the wife of Cleophas. And I think this is a husband and wife walking away from Jerusalem with broken hearts. The Bible said, answers unto them, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, hadst not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? He said unto them, What things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. How the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also, our company made uh, us astonished, and which were early at the sepulcher, and when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even, so as the women had said, but in him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. They drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them." Came to pass as he said it meet with them, he took bread and blessed it and break it, and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. They said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us, which while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us 
the scriptures. You can be seated. I want to turn your attention back to verse number 15, and I'll ask you to keep your Bible open, and we'll look back through this text. But the Bible said in verse number 15, it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. If the Lord would be my helper for just a little while, I want to preach on this thought. It always makes a difference when Jesus passes by. It always makes a difference when Jesus passes by. Now, you're, you're Bible students or you would not be in these services, but we realize that the Son of God had been crucified and he was buried and now three days later, here you've got two disciples that are walking away with their heads bowed and with their shoulders drooping and probably tears rolling down their face because they're broken hearted and they're making their way home to Emmaus from Jerusalem. This is about a seven mile trip from the city of God to their little home in Emmaus. But can I tell you, they should have been walking down. They should have been walking down the road singing, blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But instead of singing, they were walking down that road with sighs coming off of their lips. Instead of there being a hallelujah coming across of their lips in praise to God. Their hearts were filled with heartache. Their hearts were filled with disappointment. And what the Lord had meant to be the foundation of their hope had now become the source of their despair. It had become the source of their doubt. And they were leaving what should have been a delight in their life. But now had become to be a despair in their life. And look what, what verse 21 said. The Bible said that today is the third day. There's enough truth in that statement that that husband and wife who had been disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, that thank God the day the stone rolled away, the rock of ages walked out. There was enough truth in that statement. I'm telling you the living word said he would resurrect and the written word said he would resurrect and they should have been shouting the victory. But instead of joy in their heart, according to verse number 21, instead of a shout on their lips, instead of faith blossoming in their spirit, their heart is filled with doubt. And while at the same time there's faith, you say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, look at your Bible. The Bible said we trusted. We trusted that it had been him. He said we trusted that he was going to redeem Israel. I mean, they were looking for him to set up a kingdom. They were looking at him to rule and reign with victory and power and they had trusted the Lord. There was faith in their heart. But then they said, but today is the third day since these things have happened. What they're saying, man, we were looking for him to be the victor. We were, they didn't look for him to be on a cross. They didn't look for him to die at Calvary. They weren't looking for a cross. They were looking for a coronation. And because of that, there was no joy. But their heart was filled with despair because things had not turned out the way they thought they were going to turn out. Can I say man of God? Can I say preacher's wife? Can I say labor in the house of God? Had there ever been a time? I mean, in your heart, you said we trusted. We trusted. We believed that it was going to be this way, but it did not turn out the way 
you thought it was going to turn out. Uh, the Bible said hope deferred uh, maketh the heart sick. I'm telling you there's going to be times in our life, uh, there's going to be times in our ministry uh, where things just do not uh, turn out the way we thought. I mean, they were looking for a coronation, uh, but their story ended with a crucifixion. Uh, they were looking for a king over dominion, uh, but they found a savior who died. Uh, they were looking for a throne, uh, but they got a tomb. Uh, they were looking for victory, uh, but they got vexation. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? I wonder how many young men have graduated from Bible college with the intent that they were going to set the woods on fire. They were going to win their community. They were going to win their family. They were going to win their friends. But through the course of time, with trials and difficulties, it just did not turn out the way you thought it would. May I say to us, I've never had a class in school that taught me how to pastor during a pandemic. They didn't tell me, listen, this is what you do. When you have this many people, People get sick, uh, then you alter. And after this long, they've been better, uh, uh, then you go back. Uh, I never had that kind of instruction. I was trying to find my way through, uh, uh, just like you are. And can I tell you, we would come to a meeting like this uh, and see all that God does uh, in this great place uh, uh, through the buses, through missions, uh, uh, through the Bible college, through school. Uh, and instead of it being an inspiration to us, uh, uh, you'll think about the ministry. Uh, uh, that where you're at uh, and instead of being a source of inspiration uh, if you're not careful uh, it'll be a source of despair uh, you'll think man I wanted to do that I wanted to be involved in that uh, but it's not turned out uh, Lord I was trying to build a church uh, but now there's more than left uh, that are sitting on our pews I'm telling you have you ever experienced uh, that we trusted we trusted we trusted uh, but today's the third day and we're not seeing what we want to see. Ever been there? Ever been there? See, their problem was they had a lopsided view of Scripture. They, they were looking for a militant Messiah. They were looking, they had read all the verses about that millennial kingdom that the swords and the spears were going to be turned into plowshares and pruning hooks. Uh, they had read the scriptures uh, where the lion was going to lay down with the lamb. And man, they were looking for God uh, to build a kingdom. Uh, but Brother Virtum, what they missed uh, was there was as many verses uh, about a meek Messiah. Uh, there was a Psalm 22 uh, and all the way there was an Isaiah 53 uh, all the way through the word of God. Uh, there was as many verses about a meek Messiah that would give his life for sinners as there was a militant Messiah. You preached that John 4 last night. I think one of the greatest statements in the Bible is when that little lady said, this well's deep. I mean, man, listen, could you testify when you got saved, you thought, man, this well's deep, but you really had no idea how deep it was till you got in it, Amen. Amen, friend. I'm talking about what a statement. She got that right, but she got this part wrong. She said, so whence thou hast thou water of life? 
She said, that well's deep, but where are you going to get the water life? Huh? Isn't that how we do? A lot of times we feel like God showed us and we'll get some part of it right, but then we draw the wrong conclusions. I wish it was that we could say if we check this box and check that box and check the next box that it's, a, it's an automatic uh, or there's going to be great results uh, or there's going to be great, uh, uh, great success that we see in the ministry but sometimes it's just not that way. And I wonder how many of us have come. I mean, man, we've never seen anything like this in the last two years. And I wonder how many of us have come and honest to the Lord, you, you needed to just, you needed to get away because you're struggling on your own spirit saying, we trusted. We trusted, Lord, I've given you my life. I, my wife and I have given you the best. We, I told our church, I celebrated my 20th anniversary back in November. I went there at 28 years old. And Brother Tony, I told him, I said, I've given you the strongest years of my life. I've given you the strong, physically, the strongest years of my life. Man, if I'm not careful, I thought, but I thought I'd be further down the road. I, I, I thought instead of four buses, we would have eight buses. And now the four buses we got are not full because we're having to go back and build them up. And I thought, man, Lord, man, by 20 years, I should have been further down the road. Lord, by 20 years, uh, oh, we should have more people's in the pew. And at times my heart said, I trusted, I trusted, I trusted. But today is the third day. Maybe I'm the only one. Maybe, maybe, maybe I am the only one. Amen. I mean, I say to you, I believe preachers, Brother Brian, we are preaching to churches who are full of Emmaus Christians. They're full of Emmaus Christians. I mean, man, some of them willingly admit their condition. They come to an altar. They weep. I mean, there's despair and doubt in their heart. And they weep and they're begging God to show them what they're looking for. But there's a lot of others that are too proud to admit the truth. They're disappointed not in the Lord, but they're disappointed in their experience of the Lord. Are you listening to me? I mean, they trusted just like those Emmaus disciples, but instead of delight, it's become despair. You said, man, I'm, I'm trying to live separated from the world, and all they do is scorn and mock. I'm trying to win, I'm trying to win my community to God, but all they do is poke fun and mock and scorn. Why is it that the ones that are not trying to hold the land seem like they're doing better and here we're trying to be right and go with the word of God and it seems like we just can't get anywhere? Hello? We trusted. Some of you, your wife or struggled or a child, some malady in their life and you're thinking, Lord, we trusted. Lord, I've given you everything I've got, and that's what you give me. 
I may, I may not be preaching to but one man, but can I tell you, if I, can, if I can encourage you to go another mile, to preach another year, or to build another building, or to take on another missionary, honey, just hold on. It ain't going to be long. Or they're standing somewhere in the shadows. I mean, standing somewhere in the shadows, you're going to find the Lord. Amen. I mean, listen, many of us, we don't know, we don't want others to know that our experience is not flourishing. I mean, how many of you ask some of your preacher friends that you get together, sometimes meetings like this, the fellowship among your brethren is as important as what you gain from the conference. Some of you are in places where you're on an island by yourself. I mean, just say, that's not always bad. Because you can come to our place and there's 50 Baptist churches within six miles of our church. So they get mad at me, there's plenty of places they can go. And they do. Amen. Hello. Amen. I mean, we don't want others. I mean, I wonder how many someone said, how you doing? And you said, man, my heart's full of doubt. Anybody been that honest with, this, with those that you love the most? How you doing? Well, I'm trusting, but it's the third day and I ain't seen nothing. Man, I, he's so glad to see you back at pastor school. And they said, how are you doing? Oh, everything's good. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And the whole time your spirit said, I trusted, but it's the third day. Amen. I see we go through, we just keep going through the activity. We keep going through the motions. And what we're doing, we have form without any force. We have form without force. And those disciples and the people that we preach to, and maybe some of us, we'd be embarrassed to admit that we were Emmaus Christians. But the truth is, we're living in the bitterness of Romans 7 instead of the blessedness of Romans 8. I mean, man, we're, we're, we're over there struggling with the old man in Romans 7. It's amazing to me. Paul said, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I'm of the stock of Benjamin. He said, when it comes to the law, I'm blameless. That's what he said before he got to uh, meet the Son of God on that Damascus road. Uh, but Brother Burton, when he met the Lord, uh, he said, I tell you what I am. Uh, he said, that that I do, I, do. Uh, I do not. Uh, he said, that that I do not, I would. He said, man, uh, he said, it's because sin uh, dwelleth in me. Uh, and man, he wasn't looking at who he was. But then he stepped over into Romans 8. And the Bible said, there is now. There is now. There is now. Can I tell you, preacher, you ought to put your left foot on now and your right foot on no. And see, there is now. Therefore, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Why don't we trade the bitterness of Romans 7 for the blessings of Romans 8? Can I say this to us? It's not just a pew problem. We have the Emmaus problem in the pulpit. You say, what happens? Well, there's some places that young preachers can go and they leave their church believing their Bible. And when they come home, the I believe my Bible period has turned into, I believe my Bible, question mark. I just say to all you youngins, you better thank God you're in a place that does not put a question mark behind your Bible, but puts an exclamation point. 
Don't fool with anybody that ain't going to exalt the Word. Amen. I'm talking about if they won't exalt the living Word, you ought to run. If they won't exalt the written Word, you ought to run. Oh, friend. And because of that, a lot of young men become Emmaus Christians. It's not just with young men. But how about older preachers? You say, what happens with us? Well, man, it's a harsh reality when you realize you're not the young man anymore. I started preaching for Dr. Hudson 20, 19 years ago. And I was a young man then. I didn't have but one chin. <laughs> my hair was blonde. One of my little ladies asked me the other day, she said, Brother Martin, she said, come here. She's about 92 years old. She said, preacher, she said, you went straight from having blonde hair to white hair. She said, you skipped being gray. And I stood there for a minute. She said, oh, that's all I wanted. <laughs> she said, what happened? I said, it's called being a pastor. Amen. Amen. You see, what happens to us older men? Well, we get disheartened and discouraged because ones that we've trusted through the years have only now left, chosen a path of change, a path of compromise. I tell you what's broken my heart, some men that used to put their finger in my face and used to challenge me about living right and serving God have now turned and gone a different direction and are doing the very things they told me not to do. I mean, man, I'm talking about with, with great conviction and great authority. Uh, they went to, you better not mention what's happened. They've gone a different direction and all of a sudden that'll cause discouragement and despair and you'll be an amazed Christian in the pulpit. You say, not me. Well, God bless you. Then you must have an S on your chest. Or you never had anybody invest in you. Are you listening? What about sometimes as preachers, we tend to, we tend to everybody else's vineyards and not our own? I heard what you said in there. You get up early in the morning. Brother Bertram told us back at Bible college, he likes to come in early because he don't have a study at home. But did you know what he said this morning? He said, well, I get up at that time, and he said, I have my own devotion. I, I have my own devotion. Can I tell you something, fellas, young men? You better get something out of that book for yourself. Because if all you ever do is put out and put out and then put out, listen, if the dead sees dead because all it does is take in and take in and take in and it never puts out. But if you're on the other side of that coin and all you do is put out and put out and put out and you never put any bread in your soul, you will be empty before you know it. I'm afraid a lot of times, preachers, if we're not careful as Emmaus Christians, we'll be like a water fountain. The water will be coming out, and we'll never taste it for ourselves. Let me ask you something, preacher. When's the last time you were preaching that your preaching stirred you? 
When's the last time you just got so full of the Word of God and the Spirit of God got to uh, reverberating in you and you just had to stop a minute and gain your composure or stop a minute and praise God? Uh, Can I tell you, we ought not to expect our preaching to move anybody else if it doesn't first move us. I'll ask you this. When's the last time you got tore up all by yourself? When's the last time you heard that prayer closet door shut behind you and you realized you weren't the only one in there? Oh, yes. Amen. I ain't never had to have a choir. I ain't never had to have a CD. I ain't never had to have a meeting. I'm glad down there in my office I can walk in that little place and shut the door and God knows the address and when I'm not preaching and when I'm not moderating and when I'm not singing we can have fellowship with the Lord. Amen. When's the last time you got a drink of the water you were dishing out? Hello? Listen. I'm afraid, man, I'm going to have to quit. I mean, I ain't even got to the message yet. I'm afraid a lot of us get our spiritual blessings by proxy. If you took everybody else's blessings out of your life, would you ever get happy? Y'all understand what I mean by get happy in the Lord? I mean, I'm talking about rejoicing when the, when your, the Spirit of God's filling you and the and waters are churning in your heart. Huh? I mean, are you listening to me? I mean, are you, but boy, but you'll tell you what, old brother Cooper, who's getting happy last night, and boy, you got to feeling something because he was feeling something. And then old brother Trevor getting happy, you get to feel something. He, hey, college people, what about a college youngins? What about when brother Everson gets happy or brother Bertram get? Is that the only time you get happy? Boy, old brother, oh, brother Martinez, God has gifted him to engage other people to worship when he leads us singing. You want to sing with him and you want to worship, but I wonder, could you sing with worship in your heart if he wasn't doing the leading? Amen. I mean, man, I, I thank God for Spurgeon and Adoniram Judson and, and William Carey and David Livingston and all these great men that we read about. But if that's as far as you ever go, uh, instead of being inspiration to your soul, they will be despair to your Christian life because you'll think I'm never going to measure up. Listen, years ago, years ago, God, listen, the Lord took 12 men, one which turned out to be a devil, took 11, added another one, filled them with the Spirit of God, filled them with the power of God, filled them with the Word of God, and turned the world upside down. Amen? 
You say, can he do it again? I believe he can do it again. I believe he could, listen, take two or ten, two or ten or twelve. Hey, listen, you say, well, man, I don't have this ability. I don't have that ability. Go read Exodus 3. There's not one verse spent where the Lord is trying to convince Moses of his ability. But there's a lot of verses where God's telling Moses about his ability. Oh, I'm telling you what you can't do. He's got the power to do. And your talents that you don't have, he's got talents galore that he can pour into your heart. But can I tell you, he'll never do it with us living on a dead memory or living on a memory of a dead Christ. But we're going to have to get back to where our hearts are stirred about a living Savior who's in the world today. Amen. And I say this respectfully. When, tell me what time. I'm not asking for extra time. Tell me when I need to quit. And I'm not, I promise to God I'm not being, I'm not I'm searching. I want to mind the preacher. If he told me to sit down right now, I'd sit down and be happy. Amen. That's how much I believe in the pastor. Let me just give these to you. How do I become something other than a man's Christian? Look at your Bible. Verse 25. And I, I meant that sincerely, preacher. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I know what that is, and I didn't mean to put you on I wouldn't do that. But Tony, you know I wouldn't be disrespectful. You say, how in the world am I going to get past? We trusted, but it's the third day. i tell you why. The first time, the first way we're going to get there is for some of us to admit that's the verse we're living in. Amen. We try to measure up to all the other ministries and all the other men. Some of you want another ministry, but what you, you might find out is if you got over there, you might not want it as much as you thought you did. Amen? Amen? Notice where it started, verse 25. He said that he said to them, O fools, so hard to believe, all the prophets have spoken. Can I say this to you, children and preachers alike? Listen to me. You would be better to be slow to understand than slow to believe. God never said you had to understand. He said, just believe. Amen. Amen. Look at what the Bible said. Verse 27, beginning at Moses. You ever thought about why he started at Moses? What did the Lord tell the rich man that was in hell? He said, they have Moses and the prophets, and let them hear them. Let them hear them. He said, boy, I tell you what, do. He said, I tell you, he looked at him and said, man, they said, don't you know what's going on? He looked at him and thought, probably said this, do you know who I am? Do you know who, where I've been? Do you know what I've done? And they're probably thinking, no. He said, okay, let me tell you. Now think about this. Did not Brother Cooper last night tell us to come see a man? And then he told us who to come see. And then he told us what the man that could do that he wanted us to come see. And I mean, man, he waxed eloquent with the touch and the power of God on him or to come see a man that can touch the blind or come see a man that can heal the sick or come see a man. Those They looked at him and said, only God can forgive sin. Or they really didn't realize what they were saying. That's exactly right. I mean, old Peter, he had caught all them fish and all of a sudden the glory of God must have stuck out a little bit. And the Bible said, when Peter saw it, he went down over and fell on his feet before the Son of God. And listen, he saw a little bit of that sinlessness and that glory come out. That's who he was talking about. Man, I enjoy. You was preaching Jesus last night. I looked at Brother Tony. I said, I believe I've heard of him. 
many years ago in Atlanta, Georgia, Brother Edgar Thomas, my pastor, as a child, this was in the late 50s, early 60s, before desegregation in the South and the rest of the, uh, the country. And Brother Edgar preached on the radio, and uh, he pulled up into a church in Atlanta, the big gun, Brother, Brother Tony's dad preached on that, Brother Mace Jackson. Matter of fact, the lineup was Brother, Tony, Brother, Brother Hudson and Brother Mace and Brother Edgar, back to back to back. He would announce his meetings on the radio, and he pulled up into a church in Atlanta many, many years ago. And there was a, a black grandmother that had come into the parking lot, and Brother Edgar got out of the car, and she recognized it. And she said, Preacher, I hear you on the radio. And she said, Would it be all right if I come in the church? He said, Ma'am, it's fine with me. He said, Let me just ask the pastor, and I'm sure it'll be fine with him. And she said, you tell him if he'll let me come in. I, I won't cause a commotion. I'll sit in the back. That's what she said. And Brother Edgar got in there and got to preaching. And she got to, he got to saying, come see a man. Come see a man. And he got to exalting Christ. And all of a sudden from the back of that, up from the back of that little church building, there become a low well out of the back of that building. Boy, it wasn't long to that low well turned into a shout. And all of a sudden, Brother Edgar said, he looked back there and there was, she was a swing and a hanky saying, I knows him, preacher, I knows him, I knows him. And can I say last night, while the preacher was telling us about him, I was saying in my spirit, I know him, I know him. I know him. How many of you enjoyed that preaching last night? I mean, how, how many, I mean, even you youngest, did, when you was preaching about it, did any of that bear witness in you? It must have been something. I mean, man, to hear Brother Cooper preach on Jesus last night. Many years ago, Brother Tony and I were at the Faith Baptist camp where Dr. Sammy Allen's a pastor. Brother Brian knows where that's at. And Brother Johnny Pope preached that night on this thought. Jesus is wonderful. And by the time he got done, Jesus was 100 feet tall and 50 feet wide. He exalted Christ like nothing I'd ever seen in my life. And man, oh, it flooded my soul. And as good as it was to hear Brother Cooper preach on Jesus last night. And as good as it was for me to hear Brother Pope preach on Jesus. I wonder what it would have been to got to hear Jesus preach on Jesus. Oh, friend. Ah, yeah, boy. Man, I may get happy right here. I mean, man, I'm talking about one that had been forever present with the Godhead when time was, and the one that'll be with him again. He said, let me just take a text. He said, do you remember the ark? That was me. Do you remember the wheel within the wheel? That was me. Do you remember the captain of my salvation? That was me. Do you remember the kinsman redeemer? That was me. Do you remember the fire? Up by night and the cloud by day. Oh, that was me. Could you imagine hearing Jesus take the entire Old Testament 
as a text and preach Jesus. Oh, my. you talk about an Old Testament survey. I mean, he taught an Old Testament survey on a dusty road between Jerusalem and Emmaus. Are you listening? He said, you remember that meal in the barrel where she put her hand in that meal? He said, that was me. Lord, he said, you remember that burnt offering? That was me. You remember that sin offering? That was me. That was me. He said, you remember that palm that got laid over in that bitter water? He said, that was me. Glory to God, neighbor. Jesus preaching on Jesus. Boy, he was saying we ought, to, we ought to preach on Christ. Can I tell you, it don't matter how much the Lord's helped me and how much he's touched me in those days, I never feel like I've scratched the surface. I feel so inadequate. Uh, Brother Mark, I feel uh, uh, like I've always come short uh, because, Brother Rule, that's such a subject, uh, uh, that's such, such vast grace uh, and such vast power. Uh, but, honey, there was one man uh, that knew who he was from the beginning to the end uh, and everything in between. Uh, you say, how in the world uh, am I going to get out of this immense experience? Uh, oh, well, can I tell you, you might have walked in here with despair and despondency in your heart, uh, uh, but the first step on the way out is the Bible, amen. It starts with the Scripture. It starts with the Scripture. Amen. Man, I so enjoyed that last night. It's like you were, it's like that time you picked up Brother Barry. He said, I was trying to exalt preaching. And last night, Brother Cooper's like, don't pick me up, please. He works out for about too much for me to do that. But you know what I felt like you were doing last night? You were taking your Bible. You say it's been a while. In my third days here, and I've not seen what I've been looking for. But you might just find. Somebody walk out of the shadows behind you and say, do you know who I am? Come on back to the piano. My brother, I'm about to quit. I've not preached a man. I'm just going to quit. Philip took the Old Testament, preached the gospel of the eunuch. The Lord defeated the devil with three verses out of Deuteronomy. Huh? Our weapons, the Word of God. You say, who did it stir? They said, did our hearts not burn within us? Some of us are so scared to be called a charismatic that we won't, we won't let ourselves feel anything. We're, we're afraid of too much that we settle for too little. Let me just say this to you. Dead men don't sing. Dead men don't cry. Dead men don't praise God. You say, well, I just can't act like you. I didn't say you had to. But praise God, at least ought to put a smile on your face. You may never, listen, if my little five foot two red-headed wife, and let me tell you something, that red hair means everything you think it does. I mean, it means everything. And all you that are married to redheads, just scoot on over so you can say amen. It'll be all right. 
You say, why are you saying that? Because she's in Georgia and I'm in California. And there's a text on my phone right now that's saying, you know that I am watching. If she shouted, I'd have a heart attack and die. I'd probably have to remodel our church. I'd take so many laps and probably jump out a window. But you know what? Not one time has she ever cramped me from worshiping God. I didn't say you had to shout to be spiritual. Dr. Hudson said, you can't tell how much gas is in the tank by how loud the horn honks. But can I say this to you? There's never been a real revival that didn't produce heartburn and hallelujahs. Amen. Who it stirred. Listen, too many of us are shaky on what we believe instead of being shaken by what we believe. Where does it show up? Look at your Bible, verse 29. You can play on. I'm about done. I'm about to quit. My people at home knows that don't mean a thing. But it's going to make you feel better about it. Look what he said. Abide with us. He said the day is far spent. Y'all listening to me? We're living in a day. The day's far spent. Old preacher from Mississippi made this statement, Brother Trevor. He said, he said, you know that it's late in the evening when small men cast long shadows. We're living late in the day. And he said, you know what we need in our generation? I'm going to reach back there and pull you into mine a little bit. We need him to abide with us. He's abode with them. And we need him to abide with us. Hey, there's some of us, we got revival grace. We've got Sunday morning grace, Sunday night grace. When's the last time you had some living room grace? You know what stuck with me this morning after what Brother Treber said? He said, we need to listen more than we lecture. Oh, I've been guilty of that with my own boys. And they'll say something like this, Daddy, just listen. And I'll never hear that again where I won't hear, you need to listen more than you lecture. You know why? Because I don't just need him in my pulpit. I need him in my living room. Abide with us. See, we're looking for the feeding of the 5,000. We're looking for him to take the five loaves and two fishes. We're looking for him to take the clay and put it on the leper's eyes and tell him to go wash in the pool of Siloam and he can see. We're, we're always looking for that, that miraculous thing. But Brother Cooper, come help me. Just, just act like you're walking by. And he would go walk by and they said, no. They constrained him. They said, abide with us. Abide with us. Stay with us. Now, Brother Brian, after he got done revealing Christ to them in the Old Testament, it did not say their eyes were opened. I mean, man, I'm talking about when Jesus preached Jesus, their eyes were not opened. We're, we're King James, aren't we? 
But here's what happened. He come in, sat down at the table, and he wasn't feeding the 5,000. He's feeding two. I'm letting him come into my study when it's just me. When it's just me, there's no meeting, there's no wife, there's no children, there's no choir, there's no quartet. It's just me. And he took that bread and he broke it. He blessed it and he broke it. And I believe with all my heart, if you don't believe it, I'm not going to fall out with you. But he reached that bread to them. And then everything they couldn't see in the preaching, when that sleeve on that road came up, there was a nail-pierced hand. And all of a sudden, their eyes were opened. Let me ask you something, preacher. When's the last time God just came sit in your house or sit in your study? Or when's the last time you were in a pulpit and instead of you giving bread, the Son of God reached his hand out of the Bible and gave you a piece of bread? It wasn't the feeding the 5,000. It wasn't healing the sick. He just gave you a little bread. And guess what happened? When they figured out who he was, they didn't hang around at the house. They got up and went back to Jerusalem, and they were witnesses of what they— See, you can't be a witness of something you hadn't seen. Ain't nobody going to court to witness anything they hadn't seen. This statement, he was the guest that would pass on by. They constrained him. Revelation 3 said, He's the guest that'll come in. We preach that as a salvation text, but he's talking to a church. He said, if any man will open, I'll, he said, I say the door knock. If any man will open, I'll come in and I'll sup with him. He's the guest that'll come in. Here's the kicker, Brother Cooper, and I'll be done. He's the guest who becomes the host. They constrained him to come in. But it wasn't Cleophas breaking the bread. It was Jesus. It wasn't Mary breaking the bed. It was Jesus. What about when you invite him in? He don't just come to sit at your table. He comes to sit at the head of the table. And he comes to break the bread. And he comes to host you. When's the last time he sat with you? Can I say this to you? It always makes a difference when Jesus passes by. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.